Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show, Thank You For Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. In this particular podcast, uh, episode is different. We're recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while physically distancing from each other. So that means we're not in the same room. We're not using our professional audio equipment. We're just using Zoom. So our quality that you're used to might be a little different, but we are doing the best we can with what we have. And I'm so excited about our guest joining us here today. Um, Alex Song Shah, she, her, is a writer, actor, and comedian based in New York. She has written for The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. It's personal with Amy Hogart. I hope I said that right. And HBO's Night of Too Many Stars. As an actor, Alex has appeared on The Week Of on Netflix, starring Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, and High Maintenance on HBO. Alex trained at the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and the William Esper Studio in New York. Alex, welcome. Hello, how are you? Dubs, hi. It's so good to see you and talk with you. I know it's so it's so great. I know that we had a an interview scheduled for May uh, for March, and we had to reschedule because of all the pandemic stuff. Wow, yeah, it it definitely feels like a lifetime ago that those scheduling emails <laughs> took place. I know, but I'm so glad that we're able to find time now to chat. Um, I was really looking forward to it then, and I was again for now. So welcome. Me too. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. So I asked you to find something that reminds you of pride and so I would love to know what you brought yes um I brought this uh members only jacket I got at a a buffalo exchange um before the pandemic started uh and I just like that it's uh color blocked a bunch of different colors and I tend to uh just wear things that are um, kind of a bunch of different colors now, and they remind me of pride. I love that. I love the, it's like a members only, because it feels very nostalgic of like, yeah. I don't know, that's cool. And I love all the colors, that's neat. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> I, um, I was like looking around and I was like, what should I, what do I pick? And Something that's top of mind for me right now is um, testosterone. So I have this like little mm. vial of testosterone that I've been using. This is the beginning of like, I think my third week of taking testosterone shots. And so um, it's just reminding me uh, this little vial. It's just so wild to me that something that's going to change my life so drastically is like in this like teensy little vial. You know what I mean? That is it's, really like, cool. For, yeah <laughs> like for size comparison for everyone listening it's like basically the same size as a quarter maybe a little oh, bit I didn't yeah even seeing it um from the zoom camera I didn't realize how small it was till you held up the quarter. yeah yeah so so yeah so that's what's making me think about I don't know just the things that we do to affirm who we are and that fills mm-hmm. me with pride that's great yeah thanks all right, so we're on Thank You For Coming Out, which means we all have multiple coming out stories. And so I would love, we all would love to hear one of yours that you're happy to share. Cool, yeah. Uh, I guess um, maybe this will be like little snapshots through the years of like, I first uh, started coming out when I was 13. Uh, I had a crush on a girl and I think I, I told her it over AIM, but I think even before that I made my, away message one day um I think I'm gay and I just left it up for like uh maybe a couple minutes uh it felt like a lifetime and I think one friend like messaged me being like hey what do you mean uh and then I took it down pretty quickly um 
and uh, I came out to my mom when I was 16, pretty accidentally, I guess, or in the middle of a fight, and that didn't go well. Uh, and then um, went back in the closet when I got to college um, and was like, I can make this work. I can, I can live the straight life. Um, and then came out again when I was like 21 or 22 in, uh, most aspects of my adult life, like all my friends and also talking about it in comedy and stand up. Um, but then I had to come back out to my mom when I was 26. Cause I guess she had just, uh, forgotten or repressed it or, uh, and it was kind of an accident. I, I played her one of my stand up clips, just, um, wanting to share that uh set with her completely forgetting that I very like casually just say I'm gay (laughs) um (laughs) and then we had an uncomfortable moment and I was like oh yeah by the way mom I'm gay and she was like I figured it out and I was like well I told you 10 years ago (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah it it (laughs) so it was it was a uh both a slow burn and also, uh, I don't know. Yeah, just like a lot, a lot of flashpoints throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for sharing that. I have lots of follow-up questions. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, first of all, I will, so you told your crush over AIM. First of all, what was your screen name? Very important. My screen name uh, was the letter, the letters L X. Uh, 57 and then the letter Z I think because for a long time I really liked a, like sh- uh, economy of of characters I guess um, and LX was like uh, sounds like Alex I guess and then oh, 57 yeah. Uh, yeah I was like oh 57 <laughs> that's my favorite number and the number of Heinz varieties uh, <laughs> I don't know I try to be profound what was your screen name Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I have three. Okay. Um, so my AOL was Sing 1212 because I Ooh. love to sing and my birthday is 1212 and 12 is my favorite number. Ooh, and that's then, a great birthday. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> so the next two, I'm equally both parts uh, mortified by and proud of. Um, so the first one is Dude Sweet 4. <laughs> I love I love the order of that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, did you ever see the movie uh Dude Where's My Car? Yes. Yeah, so that's from that, like just, <laughs> you know, being awesome. Um and then the other one was That's Tight 12. These are all amazing. I love that they <laughs> there's so much personality in them. <laughs> Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, those were mine. Um, Wait, so what was the Z for yours? Uh, The Z is my middle initial. Okay. um, Which is my Chinese name. Nice. Um, Great. Okay, so we have LX57Z. Tell (laughs) your crush over AIM. How was that received? What did you say? What did you feel? That because I'm just I am in awe that you did that because there's no way in hell I would have ever done that. <laughs> I I haven't thought about this in so long. Yeah, so it was eighth grade. We had become uh, closer friends over the course of the first semester. Um, so we we had become closer at the first half of eighth grade. Um, and I started having a crush on her and it was all very new to me. Um, and we'd like talk every day on AIM and I would like ask her, uh, like we'd sometimes, uh, like talk about like queer stuff or gay stuff. And I think she had a gay aunt. Um, and we did all those like, uh, like when you were younger and, and, and trying to get, uh, like test these new, like intimacy things and like play truth or dare and like ask each other about like first kisses and that kind of stuff. Um, 
And so one day I think I was like, hey, could I talk to you after school? Or I, I wanted it to be in person, I think. And then I chickened out. Uh, and so it was over at AM and I wrote this like long paragraph. And the phrase I remember the most clearly was that uh, I have a crush on you. And that's the understatement of the century. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic. Uh, I love it. It was very dramatic, <laughs> so unnecessary. Um, as if <laughs> as if I needed to tell her that here I'm gonna say that I have a crush on you, but also you should know that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it goes so deep. Yeah, and then so after that, before that I feel like we had had conversations where she was like, Oh, I could also see myself uh like not being straight or whatever but then after I I said that she was like oh well I'm straight but you know I really value our friendship and I want us to still be friends but I started avoiding her for the rest Mm. of the year after that so yeah it was really just an eighth grade friendship wow (laughs) I'm just like I, I I applaud and commend you because like I said there is just literally no way I would ever have verbally told Verbally and or typed, the thought would have never even crossed my mind that that was something that I could do. So that's brave. I'm th- oh, thank you. I'm curious about your early crushes, if you feel like sharing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holy shit. No one's ever asked me this back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm glad you did. Um, like, I absolutely had crushes on people. Um throughout elementary school and middle school I just I won't say their names um but I was so terrified of losing friendships or like I just or being bullied or um just being labeled as as anything and so I just was so terrified of those crushes that I um just repress them and like had fake crushes on boys and talked about boys. Like, as you know, we're, as we're supposed to do um, Mm -hmm. when we're raised as girls. Um, And, but what I did, and I, this was my next follow-up question, but I would like how you put on your away message. I think I'm gay. Like, (laughs) I want to know like, what, what prompted you to do that? What was, uh, like going through your mind, why yeah. did you take it down? Like all, like how did you respond to the friend that messaged you? Yeah, I can't even remember who that person was now. Um, I feel like AIM away messages, uh, where I guess like the the prototype for like Facebook statuses or Instagram totally. posts now of just like. Uh, and a way to express yourself, but also <laughs> a way to witness people's like public meltdowns. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like around that time, like away messages and uh, statuses uh, were just like places to put song lyrics. And then also like middle school couples would put like their uh, initials and the dates they started dating. Um <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think I still probably used social media this way for years after, but it just felt like I, I need to express myself somehow. And I put it up there for a little bit. I think I have a different relationship with it now with social media now, but, um, I don't know. It felt like maybe a safe space or maybe it's the opposite of a safe space. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely panicked when I got the the response though. Yeah. I, understandably I would have also. Panicked. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember using, God, I was so cryptic in my aim away messages of like, like song lyrics like it was like that was like how I professed my gay love to people it was like through song lyrics in my way I love I was like, that I hope this person knows that this lyric is for them it was like, <laughs> whatever. like just like so dramatic and um 
I do think about often the use of social media and like, is it a safe space and what is its function? And yeah. I remember I posted an away message that was like, where, did you ever listen to Dashboard Confessional? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, like rainy day, j like pump up Dashboard to just like cry in a ball in your bed. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lyric I was like feeling it was I was this was in college and I was feeling like extra like really depressed about life and my queerness and because at this point I don't know that I was out yet and I posted a lyric from dashboard that was basically what I, I forget the exact lyric but it was like pretty sure no one would notice or something like very dark of like if I were to take my life no one would notice and like no one would care and like I that was me like testing the waters of like putting that in my status and or my away message or whatever. And I remember my friend Kara Silverman um, reached out to me and was like, hey, I saw your status and I'm worried about you and I want you to know that I'm here for you. This was absolutely before I was out because she was like, if you ever want to talk about anything, I'm, I'm here to listen. No judgment. Um, and we actually met for coffee and I chickened out and I didn't tell her because it was too hard. Um, yeah, but it just, but I, but, but I say all of that because just like thinking about the relationship to social media and thinking about like, I wonder what would have happened if she didn't reach out and was like, Hey, I'm here oh, for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, that, that feels like a very profound moment. And I really like the phrase you used of testing the waters. I do think that that, um, yeah, it does just feel like, if not the best place to do it, a place to do it. Uh, and the, and the one that's like most at our fingertips, I guess, literally, uh, mm -hmm. of, yeah. Cause it, it, it does feel so hard sometimes to, have that conversation in person or even um, online or over the phone, like with another person. And sometimes when it's like not directed at any one person, it almost feels a little easier, even though like so many more people will see it. Mm -hmm. It's strange. And I recently feel a lot more private with social media than I, ever have is there something that well i a, i want to just quickly say that you said testing the waters first so oh, I, you like, <laughs> I just didn't want to take credit for it like i i borrowed it from you um well i don't but, want to applaud myself <laughs> <laughs> well we're both profound um <laughs> is there something that i'm just curious about the shift in your relationship with social media now and what did, did something precipitate a change with you becoming more private or is it just like, just, yeah, I'm just wondering about that. I think, I guess like everything feels like it's changing in the world, obviously, but um, uh, on like so many different levels, I feel like for a while uh, on Facebook, like, Facebook was my jam <laughs> in the lamest mm -hmm. way possible um, of just, like, I felt like I would post something and it would get, like, it, it just felt like it actually engaged, like, my community of friends. And uh, I want to say this was, like, for maybe almost five years ago now, I just like point blank posted one day, like how many people have you had sex with? <laughs> and <laughs> probably also very problematic. I, uh, but like hundreds of people responded <laughs> and it became wow. this like fascinating thread of like, also people kept asking like, what do you define as sex? And I w wanted to be like, is whatever you define as sex? <laughs> But also, mm -hmm. why did anyone answer at all? And, like, people answered in the hundreds. Some people answered zero. Like, it was so fascinating what people were willing to share online in a 
pretty public way. Like it was just confined to my friends, but also like they didn't know everybody commenting. Anyways, so I <laughs> there was a point in my like relationship with social media where where I thought that was okay and that was how I used social media and and yeah as recently as like two years ago I was posting or more recently than that but I was posting moments where I felt uh like suicidal ideation and 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 it would be very overwhelming after to get a lot of love and support after because then I also felt like I have to respond to all these people. There's still, there's still people I haven't responded that I like in my head. I'm like, Oh, I should respond to that eventually. Um, and, and I think why it's changed. I think we've moved away from Facebook. I've personally deactivated Facebook for, uh, a year and a half now. Um, and Instagram and Twitter, I don't know. I think with the pandemic, I just deleted all the apps and I'll check um, on a browser sometimes, but not even like, not even as often as I would in the past when I was like, oh, I've deleted the app, but I'll, I'll still check con- constantly. I, uh, I think I just needed new boundaries and a, like a new space for myself to to figure out who I wanted to engage with and not have it be so, uh, yeah, there's a certain, I feel like the feed or whatever, it just, there's no way to, (laughs) to like have certain boundaries up, you know, it's just everyone's Mm -hmm. thoughts and pictures all the time. So I think that's why it's changed for me recently, but it might change again. I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I feel conflicted about it. I, um, definitely don't post as much on Facebook as I used to, and I still keep it. I know how I absolutely understand and know how problematic Facebook is. Um, and I still use it. And I, my excuse for me using it still is like, it's like, I post so much about, like my journey, my gender journey. And it's helpful for me to post because then people respond and and are supportive and helpful. And I personally, that's personally valuable to me. Um, And also um, so many people reach out to me and are so are grateful that I'm sharing because they've learned so much through me sharing. And that's like, yeah, so that's like my piece of activism that's really important to me is this sharing and storytelling and and being more vulnerable than most than lots of people and I'm okay with that, but then you brought up boundaries and people um message me all the time on Facebook and Instagram, people I don't know, um asking for advice or, you know, sharing things with me and it's so lovely and also kind of like you were saying earlier, it's like, I feel obligated to respond. And it's like, I don't even know this person. And like, how much mm-hmm. emotional energy can I expend? But also they're reaching out because they they need somebody. And like, isn't that the point of me doing this is to build community. And so it gets, I kind of get stuck in this loop of like, where are my boundaries? And what, what does, what does, what are all the different ways that support can look like? And like, mm-hmm. is it me responding directly to every message or is it just, I don't know. I'm so, I guess I'm still trying to figure it out. And yeah, that sounds but, very tricky. And also, yeah, yes. I admire you so much for like sharing. Cause yeah, I, I think social media, my favorite parts about it are like the community building aspects and, and feeling closer to people in their vulnerability and in what they're willing to share and yeah, I think there is so much merit to it. And sometimes uh, not having been on it as much the past few months, I do feel or get scared of of, of uh, not being as connected with, like, uh, people I might not be in direct, like, texting or phone conversations with all the time. Yeah. Um, 
I want to like quickly circle back to one of the first things you said when talking about when after the post that you made about how many people have you had sex with and yeah. you were you said like why did anyone answer at all and <laughs> I like I get that and also I think it just illustrates again like the need for people to feel well a to talk about themselves I feel like that's first and foremost but also to, to feel connected and to have a space to share something that maybe they didn't know that they could share or wanted to talk about and mm -hmm. so it's like providing that like opportunity I think um and also like giving the opportunity for folks to define what sex is to them or yeah. to see what other people have to say so they don't feel as I don't know if they felt shame or if they felt whatever it might be to know that they're mm -hmm. not alone and so I think there is there is this really I mean, social media is powerful in like all of these different ways. And I like to focus on, of course, the, po the positive <laughs> ways. Um, and that might be my default framing, which might not always be the best, but. Um, I really like that. <laughs> thanks. Well, I'm curious, like in, in the moments where you've deleted apps, deleted the social media apps and you've kind of, I guess, a word to describe that is disconnected, disconnected yourself from this particular world. Mm -hmm. um, have you learned any different things about yourself? And have you like, besides just, yeah, like, have there been other benefits to it? Um, I wish I could say like, oh, I, I uh, deleted the apps and now I'm so productive, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting now when people, um, like my, my close friends that I talk to on a regular basis will sometimes, I appreciate when they're like, oh, I know you're not on social media, so they'll send me a meme or a post or whatever that they think I'll like. But sometimes they'll make reference to, like, oh, I think it's great you're doing that. I could never, um, or it's so hard, or something. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of become second nature. Uh, and I almost get scared to dive back in. Like, I, uh, last month I, I was back on for like a handful of days just because it also felt like a lot of activism was going on specifically on social media and it was a way to be engaged and connected in a way that I felt like I wasn't getting from like news sources or um other networks I was a part of yet uh and I really, I really liked it for that, but then, like, it also just felt very instantly overwhelming again of, mm -hmm. uh, just everyone's opinions all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a lot to hold. But I do think there is a lot of benefit to, like, yeah, the, the community aspect is still my favorite part that I miss also. Yeah. So how are you, how, this might be a weird, it's like a weird time to ask this question, but are there other ways that you're finding community? Um, while we're all quarantining? <laughs> <laughs> while we're all quarantining. I think I'm figuring it out still. I, uh, yeah, like it, everything feels like it has to be more intentional, right? Like, uh, like reaching out and, um, I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, we're all like, <laughs> at least for me personally, it was like, oh, making sure to FaceTime people like every day. And then it became mm -hmm. hard to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. How how have you been feeling about community during all this? Um, I've been feeling pretty good. I, I think maybe because I'm still active in social media that's helpful um for me at least um like setting like weekly zoom meetings with my family um mm. has been really nice to, for everyone to see each other um i've been doing a lot of like snail mail which has been lovely um i love that that's awesome I, well give me your address if you want a snail mail from me 
Um, yeah. I'll send you a, a mail, um, um, a letter, <laughs> a mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the word for it. Just one mail, um, please. Yes. Um, it's you just, you kind of hit on it too. It's like everything is so much more intentional because you're not just like going to the theater and then you happen to run into all your friends and you're not like, you know, it's like, it, it actually has to be really thoughtful and intentional. And that is kind of exhausting, but also I feel like how it should be. It's like, I'm going to invest in the time. I'm going to invest time in the relationships that really mean a lot to me. Um, well, also, I guess like using this time for my building a connection and relationship with myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I think it's been, I realized I'm much more of an introvert than I thought that I was or like want to be. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm like so happy not doing things most of the time and not being around people. And, and it's been nice to then have to like make excuses because I'm just like, well, no one's doing anything. And this is lovely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's so interesting. I, I I don't know how I feel about like the whole like introvert extrovert stuff. I feel like I come off as a pretty shy person, or I tend to just um, n- not say much, uh, especially in group settings. But I do like being around people. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. I also haven't minded being by myself during quarantine. Um, yeah, I I feel like people can be more than just the one thing, but I don't know. Well, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> we <contain laughs> multitudes. Yes. And, you know, of course I think, I think so. Um, I think what I was trying to get at is pre quarantine, I was doing, I think a lot of us are feeling this way of like, just like keeping ourselves busy and on this like productivity mm-hmm like train that just was there was no end and so it was like constantly doing things and then now everything when it screeched to a halt like um really gave at least for me like the time to prioritize and say like actually maybe x y and z isn't what i want to be doing when like we're able to come back into you know being in physical spaces together um yeah and like, and I guess, I, I guess what I, I guess to synthesize that a little bit more, like honoring how I actually feel about doing things versus just doing them to do them. Mm-hmm. And, and like, if I want to leave a, you leave early, then I'm going to leave early and not feel obligated to stay out. Or I also like recently stopped drinking and oh, that's great. I don't know that I could have ever done that. Thanks. I don't know that I ever could have done that without this time to just really be sitting with myself and being like, is this is not what I want to be doing with my life and like drinking it away. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know, just, you know, trying to figure all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel both grateful and confused for this, like <laughs> what feels mm-hmm. like unlimited time and also not enough time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And there's also just that piece of the unknown of like, when is this going to end? And like, when is leadership going to fucking step up? Like they're not going yeah. to. So like what else yeah. has to happen for us to kick this thing? And it's really draining. Yeah. It's draining. It really, really is. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> feel like there's like a cohesive vision or of an end point. <laughs> Or what comes next after this? Yeah. Okay, so I have a question, and I'm, I haven't been sure how to ask it, so I'm just going to ask it. Okay, please. Um, so, at, just like 30 minutes ago, I asked yes. you to confirm your pronouns, and we had a little, we had a back and forth about it. And so I'm yes. curious if, if you, I just want to create space for you to, to share about Thank you. your thoughts around pronouns. Yeah, I. Um, so fairly recently, I guess within the last six months or a year or so, uh, I have been finally like letting myself think about and talk about things more. And I don't have any 
uh, concrete thoughts on anything yet, but, um, so when people ask pronouns now, I sometimes, uh, will also say, uh, she is great, but also I'm playing around with, uh, they, them, and I, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings isn't the right word. Sometimes I feel like I, I don't know enough to claim it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, the What re- really deeply resonates with me is this idea of, like you said, you, you finally letting yourself even think about it. Yeah, it truly was you know? a thing that I was like, we're going to put this away for, for a different yes. day. <laughs> totally. I mean, that, I think, I mean, I know for me, every single different piece of my identity I had to event was everything was shut away. And then each, each layer I had to actively let myself think about it mm-hmm. to then process, to then become okay with it for the, it to then like integrate into my like present identity. And mm-hmm. it's so powerful what the mind does. Like we won't even let ourselves think about something in the privacy yeah. of our own brain. Yeah. It feel it like, yeah, I remember I've been going to the same therapist for eight years now and pretty early on in our like first year together, she like brought up stuff about, I think also um, sh- she's a, a straight cis white woman and, but like, was a nice guiding force when I, I think when I first started going to her, I wasn't even like out a, a, a for a second time as queer yet, but like did kind of suggest stuff about like, um, transness or, uh, and I so quickly w- was just like, no, I <laughs> don't want to talk about that. Don't want to yeah. touch that. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't revisit it again until like this year. And I still, and it's still, it's still like, I'll bring it up one session every like a uh, few months kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, um, I was dealing with like intense obsessive compulsive disorder. And mm-hmm. so I went to a therapist and the first thing, one of the first things she said to me was, um, do you want to talk about how you're gay? Mm. And I was like, I'm not gay. And <laughs> essentially was like, go fuck yourself. And I left the session and like, thank ah. God I could drive, I drove myself so I could leave. Um, yeah. What a way to phrase you know, that question. <laughs> right. And it's also like, I'm not ready to talk about, I'm not even letting myself think about yeah. the fact that that's true. And was so thrown off and turned off by that. And like on the one hand I think that it's you know important that therapists give space for us and like give ideas but also I think there's like a way to do it not like so tell me about you being gay <laughs> like, right not, that's so startling <laughs> yeah so startling that's such a good way to put it um yeah it's so confusing to me sometimes the way like I love I love therapy and like it's 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 so uh it's such a huge part of my life but I am also I've also had terrible experiences with therapists in high school and and it baffles me how like people can just run around with their opinions (laughs) and also uh hold people's like mental health in their hands yeah Um, it seems like such a huge way and I'm sure you know most of them take that very seriously but the 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 homophobic and transphobic therapists out there really scare me yeah me too especially I think in those in the in the beginning like stages of coming into oneself and maybe not even necessarily recognizing something that's homophobic or transphobic Mm -hmm. um can do damage without us even realizing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I had a therapist, um, 
it was probably, oh God, like maybe six or seven years ago. And I was seeing him twice a week because I was like, I need to like figure myself out. So I'm going to go to you twice a week. And it was actually like really helpful and also super transphobic. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize it. And so it was very confusing because he actually did really help me and mm. was also harming me at the same time. <laughs> which yeah. is like It's almost harder to abuse. parse out. Yeah. 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 I remember like when I had like changed my name and he, um, and I also was like talking about top surgery. And at the time I, my friend and I were, were like filming lots of different aspects of that journey for me. Cause we were going to make a documentary and I was talking about it to him and I was like, and she's going to come in and film like before and after my top surgery. And he like, so strongly shut that down that I was like, Oh, well th I, that must be, I must be doing something wrong if he feels so strongly <sighs> about it. And then we never did it. And I'm like, Oh no, actually just cause he's transphobic. Wow. He also refused to use my new name and, um, oh, or used to awesome. use dubs and yeah, it was bad. And so I eventually like realized, and I was like, we got to break up. Um, yeah, it's hard. Cause it's this person that you're trusting so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Glad, and like simultaneously, I know me too. And like, it was, you know, and it was like, sometimes you don't know that it's bad until you, like, I was seeing him at the same time as I also brought in another therapist who was a specific for LGBTQ people. And mm -hmm. the like difference was so vast and so almost like alarming. I was like, Oh, th that feels like how it should be like with this other therapist uh, who's my, still my current therapist. And so that was also like impetus, but like not everyone has the option to see two at the same time and like compare. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but I want to go back to something that you said um, when in, in thinking about using they them pronouns and like playing around with it. And you said something along the lines of you don't know enough about it to claim it. Yeah. And uh, 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 yeah. Go on. No, I just guess I tell me more about that. I, I, I thought, but I want to hear more about what, what that means to you um yeah I think knowing enough about it I guess by it I mean both the community and what that identity means for the people who are already a part of that and then also not knowing enough about myself, like not having done enough of the work of like, <laughs> of sitting with it and, and letting myself um, sit with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I'm still uh, just figuring it out. I don't know what, yeah, I'm curious about your thoughts um, when you said you had thoughts. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's mostly, there's so much pressure on the queer community and queer people to, like, pick a word, pick a label, pick a lane, and stay there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so dangerous, and it's not how identity works. And so, um uh, anyone that I come across, I like to gently encourage folks to explore and to sit in it and to claim words. And then it's okay to then unclaim a word and things change. And um, I remember the, one of the first interviews that we did on the podcast was with Izzy McCullough from who was in the prom on Broadway. And um, she was really, really hesitant to claim the word bisexual because she like wasn't out about it and she had never like really dated a woman like had been with a woman once but never dated a woman and so she was like I don't think I can claim it because I haven't lived it hmm. and I like like in a more than just like a quick hookup way and we had this whole conversation about like you know yourself and like the words help us find who we are and they help us affirm who we are. But even within the queer community, there's still 
homophobia, homophobia and transphobia and biphobia and all of the phobias. Yeah. And it sucks because at least for me, like turning to the queer community, I want to feel that love and feel the support. And it's like, there's still so much junk that comes along with the queer community um, Mm. that I, that I try to, I don't know. I just don't like it. And because I, it has been so helpful for me to be able to try on different words and to live in a certain identity for years to see what it feels right and what doesn't feel right. And because we have all been raised so specifically in these certain identities that we may not necessarily hold, that it takes time of sitting and exploring and thinking to undo the ways that our brains are wired, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just think, so my thoughts are, even though I just gave you 10 minutes of thoughts, are... It's beautiful. <laughs> thanks. Um, first of all, I'm here always if you want to chat about things. And if you have questions, Thank you. that's first Appreciate and foremost. That. I also don't want to, yeah. you know, like... Um, it, I, I'm grateful for this space and I'm also, uh, um, I don't want to give emotional labor to you that, that you haven't signed up. Yeah. For. Well, on this podcast, I just signed up for it cause I offered it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate that. That's really kind. Um, as I've been, as I, so I, coming out as a genderqueer person like six years ago, um, and not really, knowing or understanding if going on testosterone was something that I needed or wanted and like really actively and inactively sitting on that and like letting myself think about it and not letting myself think about it for a long time. And then, and then actually using social media as a way to find community around it. Mm -hmm. People have reached out to me who I haven't spoken to in decades to offer their support and to like, be super vulnerable with me and share their experience. And I'm so beyond grateful for that, that I, all I want to do is give that to other people who don't necessarily know who they can talk to. So I know I said earlier, like people I don't even know, reach out and message me. And it's a lot. And I still respond because they wouldn't be reaching out if they didn't need help. And I don't want to not help someone who's asking for help. Um, I could imagine, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I think that there's there's that second cue in LGBTQQ, you know, is for questioning. And like we should be giving each other the space to question and to practice and to try on mm-hmm. um the identities that feel right for us. So I get the like I get the the thought process and the intentions behind like I don't know enough to know that I can do this and then but that I feel like that also just like we keep someone in this like cycle of like I'm never going to be <laughs> this enough or I'm never going to be able to do this because I'm not this but then you can never get there unless you try or practice right you know what I mean I like that a lot it everything you're saying feels so um so much like it would be intuitive and like obvious. And yet it is also blowing my mind a little (laughs) right now. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. And, you know, I, we, you had mentioned you were listening to the Glennon Doyle episode just now, and I was re-listening to it yesterday too. And, um, she also, I, I feel like we had a very similar interaction of like, she said, like, all she said was we can do hard things, which like feels so simple and obvious, but like, was so profound to me. And like, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes we can just like hear a thing and it not resonate. And then because maybe we're not ready to hear it, or we're not letting ourselves hear it. Totally, and then yeah. it, something can hit us at a time when we're like, oh, I'm ready to hear this now, even though it should feel simple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving that episode, by the way. I'm still in the middle of it. Oh, but you both thanks. are so thoughtful. Um, I, yeah. And and the whole, I mean, we don't have to uh, go into your previous conversation, but the whole, like, 
it's okay born born this way conversation um mm-hmm. is something i've been thinking a lot of, about um like yeah and it was cool to hear you both talk about it yeah um yeah i mean we can absolutely talk about it if you want to i like since having that conversation and then re-listening to it i also just like keep thinking about how multiple things can be true at the same time and like if this one narrative for a lot of queer people feels good then that's so great but that that doesn't necessarily mean it's everybody's narrative and it doesn't mean that we all have that we should get stuck into a narrative that doesn't fit for us yeah Um, i think in um therapy for a while what i was having a hard time uh coming to terms with uh like before I came out again around 21, 22 um, as like queer or gay was just that um, like I kept coming up against like, does this have to do with traumatic childhood stuff or like father issue stuff? And like, I couldn't accept for myself, like if it had to do with that, like, Um, and then I think my therapist was, so I was like very obsessed with like, if it was like pathological or something, um, or Mm -hmm. like a bad, uh, caused by something. Um, and my therapist was just like, well, even if it is, does it matter or why does it matter? Um, and I, I don't, I think that really that was what blew my mind that day of just like oh I guess Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to (laughs) um Mm. yeah but it still feels like a tricky conversation yeah absolutely I can absolutely understand like folks who like as Glennon said like that is like a, a a major safety mechanism is like I was born this way and Mm -hmm. and how we were talking about too like there's so much homophobia and transphobia tied up in the fact that why would you choose that it's like well there's actually nothing wrong even if we even if it was a choice let's say there's Mm -hmm. nothing there's nothing wrong with being queer or trans or bi or whatever like whichever queer identity it is so in the in the sense of like someone picking that identity if that if it were a choice there's nothing, if we're saying, like, why would you pick that? Like, that's homophobic or transphobic. It's like, well, actually, there's nothing wrong with these identities. Right. And so it's just, like, something that I think about, too, is, like, this unpacking. Of like, well, actually, there's nothing wrong with it. So who cares if I picked it or not? Right. And also, I think listening to that and hearing you uh, speak again to it now, like, what I'm getting is there's such a power in the choice, too. And I feel like there's this thread of, like, intentionality in our uh like mm-hmm. that's come up a few times in our conversation today of just like yeah not only can it be a choice but there's like it's so affirming and it's so powerful to make that choice yeah absolutely it's like with every it's, yes exactly you said it perfectly i don't have to repeat it yes it's so affirming to make a choice that feels validating to who you are as a human and some I think sometimes that gets lost um but I don't think it should get lost so that's why we keep talking about it <laughs> um mm-hmm. but um I think choices can change over time I think you touched on that too that's something I'm trying to mm-hmm. like sit with and be okay with because I think also even when I was coming out as uh gay for a while I had identified as bisexual um and even after I had um like tried on a different label I think a part of me was still like oh right now the lesbian community feels right to me but um in terms of like actual uh identity maybe bisexual was closer but I didn't feel uh yeah I don't know so so I I think I I was very set on like well I have to make a choice and it has to be this forever and um I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be okay with like no it doesn't have to be 
this thing forever. And I think that's what makes a choice harder too. Or like the thought, like, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I'm scared to uh, be like, I think right now I am scared to be like, these are my pronouns and, and then change my mind, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so scary. I was out as a gender queer trans person for three years before changing my pronouns. And that was really hard. And so I told, I absolutely get that. It is, it's tough and because society doesn't make it easy and I think that's like a big, like a big part of it. I think it's like all of it actually, because like society <laughs> basically sucks. <laughs> and and so, you know, like going back to like finding the community and finding the people who will affirm who we are and can, you know, help us practice with our pronouns and help, you know, whatever it might be, if that's the the piece that we're working on. Um, but yeah, there is, it is definitely really scary to assert assert a word or a set of pronouns and then being like actually this doesn't feel right for me and then going back or going to a different pronoun or whatever it might be. Um, it's definitely scary. And I think, but I, I also want to name that at least in a lot of the space, a lot, a lot of the spaces that I'm in, there are more and more opportunities where folks are, everyone is sharing their pronouns. And so it actually, it's like normalizing the practice. And so it's giving space for people when they're comfortable to share and assert their pronouns as a way, you know what I mean? And so I do like the, like it definitely feels and looks a lot different than it did when I was like figuring out pronouns. And I know that doesn't, that, that doesn't make it easier, but I know that like we are on this, like society is on this like very slow journey of like being a little bit easier to manage very slow. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. In a, in a lot of ways I feel very, um, lucky and, and, and in a safer, uh, like, playground of sorts, be, like, uh, like, like, because, like, you, you did the work before, and now it, mm. I, I feel like I, yeah, I didn't even let myself, um, think about it until, it, it, like, society had <laughs> started moving, um, yeah. It's, um, it's all just a process. And I know, like, for me, I am more and more learning to trust that when, like, for myself, like, when I'm ready to let myself listen to myself or to think about something, when I'm ready, I'll do it. I just have to be patient with myself and know that if it's something that's important to me, it'll happen. Like not drinking anymore. Like it took a very long time to get there. And I'm maybe I'll start drinking again in a more controlled way at some point. But it's like, I think it goes back to of like, you have to make this choice and you have right. to stick with it forever. Or you, you know, and it's like, well, I don't yeah. know if that's actually true about everything. And so, yeah, it's, it's complicated. It sucks being a human, totally. but also it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I mean, drawing more parallels, I feel similarly about, like, I'm not on social media right now, but I, it's not like I made, it's not like that's forever, or maybe it will be, it's just, (laughs) just the choice I'm making right now, day to day. Yeah, and if if these choices that we're making now serve us now, then that's, then we're doing all we can do, and if the choices, you know, in the future no longer serve us, whatever that choice is, then, then it's, our duty to ourselves, I think, to reevaluate and then figure out Mm -hmm. what does serve us in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I don't want to do this, but I have to. Our our time is flying. Um, I have to move us into our last segment, which is like a very lighthearted rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, So just answer just as quickly, whatever comes to mind first. There are no right or wrong answers. Uh, except for one, but it's all just for fun. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Okay. Pencil or pen? Pen. Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Meat or veggies? 
Meat. <laughs> Same. Uh, bagels or donuts? Oh, um, neither. Great. That's fair. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> train or plane? Train. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. Night or day? Night. And favorite kitchen item? Uh, a really nice knife. Nice. You know what? You are like the... So many people say nice knife. I must be a Really? Thing. I don't cook, but yeah. Uh. Lots... Like we even we had the episode hasn't released yet, but David Burka, who's like a Whoa. famous chef, yeah, his is also a nice knife. Yeah, so That's awesome. we're in good company. <laughs> and also the the um, rapid fire. Sorry, uh, that's okay. Uh, I was just gonna say the rapid fire questions also felt like uh, just what we had been talking about of like making choices, and I definitely felt yeah. a little liberated by our conversation of like, well, so right now I would say neither bagels nor donuts, but other days I would say both. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm glad, you know, you, and you know, I love that. And um, yeah, it's like, of course, it's meant to be lighthearted, but I've had other conversations with folks where they're like, wow, your questions are really binary. And I'm like, you oh. are correct. They are. <laughs> um, and so maybe I should rethink this rapid fire to be more open-ended. But, um, but I'm glad you felt empowered to answer in a way that was authentic and didn't feel contained to <laughs> the options that I gave you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for sharing, for bringing yourself and for sharing. Um, it was really lovely to talk to you. It was very lovely talking to you, Dubs. Thank you, and thank you for coming out. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You for Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.